Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So I did want to start in the text. Um, if everyone could turn in their Bibles. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21. That's where we'll start. That'll be kind of the, the backbone of what we're going to go over today, okay? Um, again, Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 14 through 21. Let me know when y'all got it. Good. Everyone still scrolling on their phones? No one has a Bible in their hands anymore? I'm just kidding. I'm the worst one for it. All right. Again, if for people who may not know, Paul is one of the, he's one of my favorite authors in the Bible. Very, very positive guy. He's always looking for uh, light in the darkness. And this kind of talks about that. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, for whom every family in heaven and earth is named. I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with the power in your inner being through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, again, all the saints, what is the length and width, height, and depth of God's love. And to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do above and beyond everything, above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power and works in us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus and to all generations forever and ever. Amen. God, I pray that you uh, slow my speech, that you work through me, Lord God, that it's not me up here who is administering your word. I ask that I give every person listening online in this room today something to take away after this next 30 minutes to an hour, because we all have a call. And it's up to us to identify who we are in you and walk in that boldly, Lord God. Speak through me. Use me, Lord God. I am your vessel here today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So as he said, there's a word that I've had him, and he's, he's right. My wife and my eldest daughter are here. They understand and probably deal with me the most. Um, and, I, and thank you all for that, <laughs> first and foremost. Um, but the reason why I say that is because I always talk about action and who we are. Um, we may not always understand why we are created a certain way. I, I don't know about you all. I, I go through with a lot of different identity shifts. I could be a father. I could be a husband. I could be a financial advisor. I could be a coach. I could be a teacher. I could be a brother, son, friend. But if any of those identities, I don't have Christ and love at the center of what I do, then what does it matter? Yeah. You know? Again, I, what I want to reiterate to you guys, when we look back at what, what Paul said here, to be strengthened with the power in your inner being through the Spirit, that he may dwell in your hearts through faith. Today in this world, there's not a lot of that going on, right? There's pockets of it, right? We always have to be able to, we need to be able to understand that 
when we are who we're supposed to be and when we know who we are supposed to be, there is a lot of confidence and power there. It's not from the access from what we do. It's from him. So I want to take away three points because of that. Our identity is directly related to our strength and where we get our strength from. Point one, again, that's point one. We'll go over that deeper. Our identity is directly related to our strength and where we get that strength from. Two, is love in your DNA? And are you honoring those you don't find, that you don't agree with or find unlovable? And three, why are, we, why are you who you are? That's a, that's a tough sentence to say. I'm going to say it one more time. Uh, why are you who you are? So last week, Pastor G talked about, so I should say this, the, the series that we're in is called Discerning Your Season. He talked a lot about being in the wilderness and how you are now able to find yourself in the wilderness. A lot of times we try to run through it as fast as we possibly can. That may not be what God wants for you in that season. So when we look at those things, we have to understand that in the wilderness, it could be pitch black. We could feel like we're all alone. No one's around us. God, why are you doing this to me? But sometimes we need to just stand still and make sure you do it. Is he directing us where we're supposed to go? In that direction is a lot of strength. There's a lot of focus. There's a lot of trust. Trust is a sign of strength. It's so miscommonly placed that we think if someone is telling us what to do, that we should just blindly do it. But we also need to understand that who are we allowing us or who, is a, who are we allowing to, to speak into our lives? Yes, that's good. When we are, um, I'm trying to say this in a certain way. There are a lot of voices in the world right now. Can I, be, can I just say that? Yes. There's a lot of ways people can speak into your life. Social media, friends, family. But if you don't understand the reasons and the motives of why those people are talking to you, you could be led astray. So when we get back to the word, which is what we have to do, that is the one thing that will always be constant and always be there for us. God tells us to store our riches in heaven, not in the world. But how often are you looking for others for, for, for the direction in which you're supposed to go? As Pastor G may always say, I am just a conduit. He is not the person who is supposed to direct your life. He is here to help shepherd you. It's easy to go to a person, to go to my mom, to go to my wife and say, hey, what should I do in this situation? But are you actually going to the person, to him above for your direction? I know I don't do it all the time. You know, like, I mean, just be honest with you. Um, when, when I was going to marry my wife, they can tell you, I said, man, should I really put a ring on that? But she, she, she said she's shaking her head now. She said, no, it took too long. <laughs> but, in all, but in all honesty, right, we all have those decisions to make. Um, and I'm probably the worst person for it because I am very methodical in making a decision. It's, it's a bad thing, right, because I, I always like to make good choices without making mistakes. It's just this is who I am. I don't, maybe I'm alone. Maybe I'm alone. <laughs> Okay, so, but at the same time, we have to be able to, to be confident and, and ask the person who is always right, who is always perfect for what we're supposed to do. See, I told you I'm sorry, sweating. Sweating, pardon me, pardon me. But what is exactly God asking you to do whenever you are in, from, his, from his position? So I kind of talked about our identity is our strength. 
Um, when you all go through a battle, oftentimes we can either fight or flight, right? Those are type of, those are innate in us as human beings. We're either going to run away from a battle or we're going to fight. Whenever we are in these battles, do you fully understand the position that you're in? Because as people, we go through these different identity crises, as I mentioned earlier, these different roles. We may not fully grasp the, the power behind us, you know? Um, when we look at things like right now in the world, if we just had an ounce of the confidence that God, ha- or that the strength God has in our weaknesses, things would not be this way. Wow. It just wouldn't. Um, and also to that point earlier in Luke, it spoke of, I'll just say Luke 12, verse 34, he says, wherever your treasure is, there does, there are the desires of your heart will also be. That verse to me is relevant in our identity. A lot of times we cherish the things that we have on this world, but are you cherishing who God believes you are as a treasure? I don't think everyone does. I know I don't do it constantly. As I was preparing for this, and as you said earlier, identity, I mean, as I said earlier, who am I in the identity crisis that we all go through? It's really, really critical that you value who God created you to be. It's, you shouldn't look to your left, to your right, TV, Facebook, whatever it may be, and say, hey, I wish I had that. Man, that looks perfect. Those things are not for you. What if God left those things out of your life for a reason? Just what if he did? I think all the time, man, my my daughter and my my wife will tell you, I am a sports junkie. I thought I was going to go play professional football. I was I was all right though. Don't get it twisted. I wasn't I wasn't like Pastor G thinking he could sing like that. He had no chance. He had no chance. He had no. Sorry. I love you. Can I say it? You can't sing though. But in all fairness, but in all fairness, I could play a little bit. I wasn't bad. I was a, I was a, as you call a, uh, the run of the litter who kept getting better and better and better. I would, what I made for, up for in talent, I made up for in effort. So I thought I had a chance, man. I thought I could do it, right? But that wasn't, my, that wasn't God's plan for me. Now, if I had held that, if I had held me being a professional athlete or trying to aspire to be that as my identity, could I be able to preach this word for you today? There are a lot of things that you don't understand that God is withholding for a reason. For a reason. And that identity and that purpose should be treasured. Do we treasure the, the, the things that happen in our lives for a reason? Again, do you treasure the things that are taken away as a blessing? Because it's not always about what you receive. It's about what's taken away. Again, it's not about what you receive. It's about what's taken away. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Value your faith. The world we're in today needs people to value their faith. It's it's cheapened. It's watered down. It's microwaved. It's McDonald's. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. It's on the dollar menu. I'm going to pick up a scripture and say, hey, Hey, you can do all things in Christ that strengthens you. And that's it. That's a McChicken sandwich. I love McChickens. Hot and spicy, to be specific. Um, but, I, but again, do not 
do not, do not, do not dumb down the word of God just to fit a certain narrative. Again, do not do that. Value it, value it, value. All right, point two, point two. Am I going too fast? I'm doing good? Okay, cool, cool. Point two is love in your DNA. And what does honor mean to those around you? What is love? I'm not going to sing that old song. Like, what is love, baby? Don't wait. I can't sing like Pastor G. Uh, But if you Google what love means, it is an intense feeling or deep affection. So that's what the, the definition of love is. In Corinthians, uh, verse, or excuse me, Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8, Paul says, love is patient and kind. Love is not envious or boastful, arrogant or rude. And he continues on in that verse. When people say that they love you, are they identifying love as a deep affection or as Paul wrote it? There's two that you can think they're one and the same, but they're not. Because love, as my wife will very well tell you, I'm not going to always like my wife. She may not always like me. Let's just be real with it. I guess maybe I'm the only person in a marriage that we may bicker and, and fuss and fight. But at the end of the day, I am here for her. I am not going to put myself above her. That is love. It's not just some moment that I feel like, oh, baby, I love you so much. You're so pretty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, you are very pretty. Thank you so much. <laughs> but the truth is, it's got to be deeper than that. Yeah. It's got to be deeper than that. Your love for other people and, other, and the people who may not even like you has to be deeper than how they make you feel in that moment. If love is always circumstantial, you'll never fully love people. Everyone wants this, this, oh, you make me feel so good about myself type of love. But love has to be when it's hard. When you love someone, when when you're not receiving that love, that is a sign that you really love someone. Think about this. We have these different movements, extremists. I'm not going to name names. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Do you think they love each other? If they were on the same side of whatever they were trying to get to or whatever peace, utopic peace that they think they're getting to, are they loving each other? It says to love your enemy as well. It says to love your enemy as well. But why are we creating enemies? He didn't do that. That's us. We have to get to a point to where we aren't envious, looking at what they have, looking at what they have, what they did, who did it. We have to relax and get back to a point to where we actually love people. And I ask each of you, are you loving people who you may disagree with now? Because, again, it's as, as they say, he who without the first stone is casted, or however it says. I'm not a Bible scholar yet. I'm not Pastor Steve yet. <laughs> so forgive me. I can always reference points, but I can't just say them this as clearly and articulately as he can. But my point being is that we all fall short. Don't think that you're better than other people. Look at opportunities to love people who you may feel are unlovable in that moment. Marriages are broken. Relationships are broken. The things in different, again, I continue to go back to society, this is really important to me. And so for those who don't know, my wife and I are, on, are, are inter, an interracial couple. She's in law enforcement, and I'm clearly am African-American. 
I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but we're married. <laughs> we are married. You know what I mean? So when you see these things going around and people throwing darts and, and, and words, words matter. But when we don't look at loving one another and putting others' thoughts and feelings before ourselves, we can never find peace. Again, it's in our purpose to change the culture around us. Why do you think God put us on this world? It's, we all have different talents. Like, and I said that earlier, but it is for a reason, it's for a purpose. It's for to expand his kingdom on earth. When we honor people, we are able to show the love of God. When we honor people, we're able to show the love of God. Are you, are you being identified as a believer that honors others? Again, it's, it's a hard message, as she said last week, right? I won't be as, as mean as you were last week, because he just got on people for complaining. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell you how to love people, at least try to. But again, are you being identified as a believer who honors others? Honoring isn't a choice. It's a commandment, just like love is. Honor is a true sign of love. Pastor G spoke of this earlier. He said, and I was almost crazy, almost six years. He gave me a book when my wife and I were, before we got married, to, to work on myself. It was called The Honor Key, right? That book spoke a lot about putting others before yourself. It's really easy to become self-centered in the things that we find important. Because we, we are the people who understand or try to understand ourselves the best. I talk to this about the, to the kids all the time about who are you allowing to create value in your life. As adolescents and young people, and a lot of us are quote unquote young old people now in this room. Who are you allowing to shape, right? Who are you allowing to shape who you are today? And if you are quote unquote valuable. Right now, we all are searching for different purposes, even though we may say, hey, I know who I'm supposed to be. Good for you. I, I, I think I know who I'm supposed to be. I think I'm supposed to be up here. But at the same time, if I go back from that insecure feeling of I think to where I know that God has a plan for me, and I know that God has called me to love other people, I know that God has called me to honor people and just to serve, everything else will work itself out. Everything will work itself out. So to fully understand the love of God, we have to put ourselves in a position of surrender, a position to where we are not looking at serving ourselves. Um, uh, if you can, turn to Mark 12, 28, verse 12, verse 28. And I'm keep, going to keep this one kind of quick, too. Mark, again, chapter 12, verse 28. He says here, or I should say 29 is kind of where it starts, but in 28 and then 28, he said, which commandment is the most important of them all? Jesus answered, the most important, listen, to the, listen, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is the one. Love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, with all your strength. Again, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. The second is to love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. There is no other command greater than these. There is no other man command 
greater than these. Love needs to be, has to be, mandated to be in who you are and in everything that you do. If you do not love, what does it matter? Is love who you are? When people see you, do they know that you love them? They have to. They have to. I want to be known as a person who loves others, no matter what wilderness that I'm in. I could be lost, not knowing where I'm going, but if I say, hey, God, I know where you're going to take me, wherever you're taking me, I have those who I need to protect with me, and I am looking to protect them and move forward, I am acting in love. You have to act the same way. Again, I encourage each of you, find ways to love others around you. Talk to people you may not normally talk to. Show the love of God. Be bold in that love. You have to strengthen the power to do so. I kind of wrote this early and I kind of skipped over, so I'm going to go back to it. When you devalue people and their beliefs, you are directly going against the word of God. When you choose to love others, you are stepping into your identity that God God calls for you to have. I'll read it once more. When you devalue people and their beliefs, you are directly going against the word of God. When you choose to love others, you are stepping into your identity that God calls for you to have. Now, I'm not saying for you just to let people walk all over you. I'm not telling you to allow people just to do whatever they want to do. Of course, we are called to correct and love too. But what I am also saying is that there are ways of doing that with a sense of care and admiration to where you are operating in the fullness of God's love for you and for others. In Ephesians, he says, God is so rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also has raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves, but a gift from God. You are saved by grace. Remember that whenever we are trying to identify who we are, we have to give that same grace. Grace is love. Grace is love. Again, this this has been on my heart so, 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 so much lately. My wife, we have our, again, I continue to reference her because that's, that's my buddy. That's, 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 that's my day one, right? Um, but we have some good discussions. If y'all, if, for those who know my wife, she is very opinionated. Um, she's opinionated but she's a strong woman though so we have great discussions never a dull moment every day we have good discussions but the stuff that's happened over the last few call it year has really highlighted things that are in people and we become disappointed saddened and then also encouraged that if we can just work through differences work through who we are, identifying who we are first, and then looking at the person who we are, quote-unquote, maybe conflicting with, love, and excuse me, and then love them for who they are as well. Now we are together in the kingdom of Christ. We cannot be opposing factors doing this. 
Like how, how, I mean, that's exhausting. It's exhausting to fight. It's exhausting not to love people. Is it, it's a lot easier just to, to take a step back. Just listen. Because if you're yelling at the top of your lungs for someone to hear your opinion, what is it for? Listen. Listen, listen, and give grace even if you don't agree with it. Give grace. Amen. Point three. Point three. Why are you who you are? What does identity have to do with God's purpose for you? You can't find uh, peace in earthly positions. It takes a mind and heart focused on God's grace and love to experience the confidence and calmness of knowing who you are in him. Knowing your purpose will bring you peace, and knowing God will bring you purpose. Again, knowing your purpose will bring you peace. Knowing God will bring you purpose. I kind of said this earlier, right? I don't know every step that God has for my life. I didn't know I was going to be up here to, to preach this word to you. I honestly didn't. I just love to help. That's literally it. At the core of who I am and every position that I am in, I love to help people. It, it, my, my, my eldest daughter, Ava, we love, we both had that same characteristic. We just love to help. We are very, we try to be very selfless people. And that's, that's not me trying to be boastful about who I am. It's not it at all. It's just something that's in me. But when we look at how, is, how are we supposed to help other people, you can become lost. Because a lot of things you may think you're supposed to do, that might not be God's plan. God's plans are way better than what we can ever formulate or strategize, right? It's really important for us to seek the direction and knowing who he is wanting us to be. Again, that's why I say, why are you who you are? I am a person who serves so I can serve him, so I can serve you. Stop thinking about what he can do for you and start thinking about what you can do for other people. Your gifting and your calling is not for you. It's not. I, I, again, I can't sing because I wasn't called to sing. But I was called to help. I was called to lend a hand. I was called to encourage. I was called to love. You all are called to do something. If you don't know what it is, pray about it. Seek counsel. We, we would love to help foster whatever that is inside of you. But there is something inside of each and every one of you. There's something inside of all of us to be used to better his kingdom. Don't think you're worthless. God is not creating people for no reason. Without a direction, without a certain need to be met. We are the hands and feet of God. We are. We lose sight of that, especially in this pandemic where you go deal with the isolation, the depression. No one cares. No one loves me. What does it matter? Those are the, the attacks of the enemy. And in the wilderness, it's really easy for you to be in the dark, for a lion to be back there to, to, to gobble you up. That's just what it is. But it's important for you to understand the ways of the enemy, to stay focused and looking up and above for, for direction, to understand that who I am is who I am supposed to be, as the song goes, right? You are who you are supposed to be in God. Be proud of that. I may not always understand things, but I know that I can trust God to provide the way. Again, God gives us superpowers. I told you I was a nerd. 
He gives us superpowers. I think I'm Superman. <laughs> uh, in, uh, in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 5 through 7, I know I'm, I had a lot of, lot of scriptures. I apologize. Um, appreciate it. Um, I'm actually going to start in 4. By these he was given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature escaping the corruption that is in the world because of the evil desire, because of evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless and unfruitful in the knowledge of our God, Jesus Christ. Again, allow these to increase in you. Don't allow your growth to be stagnated because of what you see or what you do. It's, it's a lot harder to continue to take a baby step forward versus just standing here. And sometimes we're called to stand still, but sometimes we are called to, or oftentimes I believe we're still called to move forward to him. I'm going to still get, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm coming. I'm coming. When we stay like this, these words, your self-confidence, your perseverance is not being perfected in him. You have to continue to move forward. That is what endurance means. Facing opposition and continuing to press forward. I wanted to read this proverb that I read the other day. It was kind of, I'm going to summarize it, I should say. I thought it was really powerful. When God made you, he equipped you with an array of talents and abilities that are uniquely yours. It is up to you to discover these and not allow them to become standardized. Because of your imperfections, God can strengthen you. And now who will you please because of those talents? If you are looking to please God, accept the weaknesses that you have because that means he can use you. God can use your weaknesses, the things that you're bad at. Because I definitely didn't, just like Moses said, I don't think I can speak well enough to other people for them, for Pharaoh to listen. Saul was Paul, you know? Like, those are different examples throughout the Bible of people being used for their, quote-unquote, imperfections to better their kingdom. Amen. It's really important to understand that our purpose is excellent and divine. It's not for us, it's for other people. So make sure that you understand that who you are is exactly how God intended you to be. I, I ask that of you all. Be confident in who you are. In conclusion, I just wanted to make sure that I, I, I pressed on you all that we, we as a church, we have a really big responsibility and again, as me as the youth pastor in training is to make sure that I am equipping young people to be able to, to, to better make the world, to have impacts, not to feel insignificant. As a child and as a kid, I felt a lot, a lot, a lot of insecurity. Su su suicidal issues, thinking I didn't matter, no one cares. 
And how many other people feel the exact same way? But we have to understand that God needs us. The world needs us. Find someone to pour into. You have to. Because what if your, your silence takes away someone's ability to better the world? You just don't know. Be able to receive purpose from God. Because if I love other people, now I am now able to bring them with me. They bring somebody else. They bring somebody else. They bring somebody else. Now we are a mighty army of God. And we have saved souls along the way. That's what we're called to do. The last verse I have. Um, Colossians chapter 3, um, verse 15. And I'll kind of start in 14 just to give you some context. Above all, Put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. And I'm going to keep going. I'm sorry. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God, to God the Father through him. In everything you do, do it in love. Be known for love. Whatever your name is, whatever it is that you do, be known for loving people. It doesn't matter if you don't love people. It doesn't. When people see you, they need to know that, hey, he loves me because God loves me. Let your identity bring you peace. Let your peace be a constant example of your faith in God. Don't change. Change your circumstance by who you are. Let's pray. God, I hope this message was able to bring confidence, peace, stillness in this chaotic world. We know we may not know all of the plans, the turns, the opportunities that you have for us, Lord God, but we know that they're good. We know that they're good, Lord God. We just ask that you continue to pour into us. And I ask everyone else, find time to be in his presence. The more we know you, the more we'll know where to go. The more stillness, the more peace, the more superpowers we will have access to. Lord God, I thank you for giving me an opportunity to, to be here today. Again, I don't know where you're taking us. I don't know where you're taking me, but I do know that I'm going to always say yes. Because if I say yes, I am walking in my faith. I am loving you, and I will pour out that love to others. Lord, I thank you. Be with us you know, the rest of these days, the rest of this day, Lord God. Thank you.